Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital revolution by speaking with business executives and thought leaders who are changing how the world lives, works, plays, learns, and dreams. Our guest today is Harish Grama, General Manager of IBM Cloud Platform. And IBM and Harish are joining us today in our series called the Cloud Wars Top 10 Executive Insights, where we hear directly from executives at each of the top 10 cloud companies about their unique strategies and capabilities. So Harish, thank you for joining us. It's great to see you. Thank you, Bob. Pleased to be here. Wonderful. So Harish, I, I want to set the tone here for our, our viewers to let them know that in addition to being uh, one of the top executives in IBM's cloud business, you've also seen the world from the other side uh, over at JP Morgan Chase. So just give everybody a little perspective on your background and how that shapes how you view the enterprise cloud. Yeah, I think that's a great question, Bob. Uh, you know, uh, growing up in IBM, uh, as it were, uh, and uh, working on a number of products that I've taken to market, uh, I've worked with banks for a long, long time. Uh, and as I transitioned to working for a bank, uh, you know, I said, uh, how different can this be? I've worked with them, I've enabled them on my technology, uh, I know how they work, and so it's probably the easiest transition to make. Well, as it turns out, uh, you know, uh, I was on perhaps mile one of a 10-mile journey, just understanding the kind of business that a bank is in, the things that are important to them, uh, you know, the, the things that they have to worry about, uh, is not a process that you typically see as a software vendor, but you certainly do ex uh, experience it as a consumer working for the bank. Now, you know, uh, I, I won't say too much about the bank because uh, I'm not allowed to, but uh, I think suffice it to say it was a very, very different experience. So, Harish, it's a, a fascinating experience here. 22 years at IBM, a couple years at the bank, is an IBM customer and now back at IBM heading up the cloud platform group. So you're in a unique spot to talk about uh, a range of things, but we saw 2018, IBM posted $19.2 billion in cloud revenue. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a big, big number. What is it uniquely that these customers who could pick any sort of cloud vendor they want, why are they going to IBM for that business? So, Bob, I think uh, there are several reasons I can think of. Uh, first and foremost, if you think about IBM, we are, you know, one of the few uh, enterprise-grade companies. Uh, companies have been building their software solutions and their IT solutions on us. Uh, they've deployed it for mission-critical workload. Uh, and that, you know, really is where we need to see companies going in the cloud. It is very easy to build an application that uses a handful of cloud native services that does you know, something like an analytics uh, module or a reporting module, et cetera. But when you're talking about the heavy duty enterprise applications that have been built for decades and decades, uh, you need a company like IBM that un understands the enterprise uh, and then introducing the hybrid notion, uh, notion also uh, some, somebody, an enterprise that un understands how to enable hybrid solutions which I think is IBM strength, and I would claim we're number one at that. Yeah, and uh, Harish, it's interesting you bring that up because you know every one of the, the top tech companies I speak to, um, there are some that have been talking, and IBM certainly in this group, about hybrid for some time. Mm -hmm. Others are really jumping onto that, and it seems to have become now accepted as the model that uh, 
big businesses are using as they move into the cloud because you know all of their on-premise systems isn't just going to magically go away in a matter of you know weeks or probably a handful of years so how is IBM trying to create a unique difference there with its hybrid capabilities so first it starts out with our rich, rich heritage in uh, middleware right uh, if you think about the platform as a service that everybody talks about the way I think about platform as a service services is nothing more than cloud native developer friendly uh, friendly consumed and deployed by developers uh, for the cloud right and uh, IBM historically has had this really rich set of products as we do today uh, on uh, our, the middleware side. So taking a lot of that, recasting some of it into brand new cloud native services, a lot of it into brand new cloud native services, but as importantly, making that on-prem middleware more friendly and easily consumable by clouds, whether it's private or public, is a critical factor in uh, enabling people and enterprises, right? I'll give you an example. Uh, we're all in on containerization and Kubernetes as the control plane for containers. Uh, one of the advantages of doing that is uh, if you've got, if you've written your Kubernetes service correctly on public cloud and have the same service on-prem, you know, in this particular case, you can think of in the future, not today, but in the future of something like OpenShift, uh, we have a very seamless way of running these pieces of middleware on in containers on that kube control plane on-prem and in public cloud. And we go a step further today, we're very close to kube upstream in our uh, public cloud Kubernetes service. And we've taken our entire PaaS level services and we've recast them into cloud native services also in containers managed by the same kube plane. So, this gives you the uh, portability, the flexibility of how much of your app you run on-prem, how much of your app you run on public. And in fact, you know, we're writing it in such a way that if those containers are completely self-contained like our uh, middleware modernized, you can even take those and run them on somebody else's public cloud as long as they provide an industry standard Kubernetes service. So I think it's all these elements that make us the leaders in hybrid and you know, I certainly saw this uh, amongst my peer group when I worked at the bank. Uh, they're all doing the same thing. You know, they're, they're, they're discovering that it's great to go cloud native, but if you truly want to take your entire estate and transform, you know, 80% of it at any given point in time, as opposed to just the 20% of it, this hybrid uh, method is really what works. And so Kube on-prem, Kube on the public cloud with a rich set of content is how I'd put it. Okay. And Harish, if, uh, you know, that's a, a great explanation of the, the technological capabilities. Now, if you shift that over to somebody who's the head of marketing or uh, chief revenue officer at one of your customer companies, mm -hmm. what do they, when they look at this and say, wow, this is so, this is great. Now I'm able to do these things today that I couldn't do before. What are the business advantages your, cost, your clients are getting? So uh, there are several things I would point to. One is, you know, it's the sheer estate that you can modernize and move to a cloud-like paradigm, whether it's private or public, right? And that's the true notion of hybrid. So you start to attack a much larger uh, base of your app estate in the hybrid methodology. So that would be one. Second thing is everything that we do is completely open. You know, I mentioned Kubernetes several times, it's open. 
Uh, we use Istio as a service mesh that's out in the open as well. Uh, we're now, you know, starting to back Knative, which will be the underlying Kubernetes-like control plane for uh, serverless, uh, for those who are really into serverless, and even for other things like Cloud Foundry applications. So this portability that it gives you and the uh, is, is customers like that because a lot of people are really scared about cloud because they view cloud as very proprietary. And certainly some, some of our competitors have done that where when you choose a high value service to build your application, you kind of get stuck on that cloud uh, and we're doing everything possible not to get there, but to really base it on open standards as I just mentioned. I think the other big thing is also security. Uh, if there's one thing we have permission out there in the industry and the ecosystem is to uh, play on our strengths on security, right? Uh, we've got several things uh, in the mix, but uh, I'll refer to one thing that we just brought out uh, recently. Uh, we've got this hardware uh, security module that's uh, FIPS 140-2 level four, right? The real importance is level four, which basically means a customer can come and get, a client can come and get uh, this hardware security module uh, where they can store their public key in it. And even we as IBMers, because it's level four compliant and the only one in the industry, we don't have access to that key. If we try to access it, it kind of disintegrates in some manner of speaking. So, you know, it's, it's really amazing. But once we turn that over to a customer, when they're done with it, if they're ever done with it, if they don't unlock it, it's a useless piece of hardware for us uh, because we can't do anything about it. So I think it's things like that, uh, that give us the permission and make us so successful for our customers. And as you describe some of these capabilities that you've just gone through at the open, the containers, hybrid and so forth like that, uh, Arish, the acquisition of Red Hat late last year was seemed to be a real turning point for IBM. How's that affecting what the company's doing and, and the capabilities that gives you to offer to your customers? So I think that's really a statement for the future, Bob. As you know, this is a larger, a, a rather large uh, acquisition. Uh, we're still going through the regulatory requirements uh, to you know, uh, make sure that uh, the EU and the US are you know, satisfied that this is not something that's uh, gonna be, end up being a monopoly and so on and so forth. So we actually have to be very careful that we don't do any deep integration until that integration is blessed. Uh, but you can think of the value propositions uh, when it does happen, right? I mean, you've got Red Hat OS, which is arguably the most popular Linux out there. You know, little known fact, uh, Linux has been popular for a long, long time, but only September of last year did it actually become the predominant uh, operating system for the enterprises out there at about 51 or 52%, right? So even though something was so pop as popular as Linux for as long as it has been, to cross that 50% threshold took a good long time. So that's one bookend and every cloud provider uses it. Uh, and we wanna make sure that we maintain that neutrality and its success everywhere. And the other bookend I would really say is uh, their OpenShift, which is also based on Kubernetes uh, and their rich portfolio of uh, middleware components. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about choice. So if we can make this, if we can enable it on-prem and if we can enable it on our public and several other public clouds and provide people a rich 
uh, a palette, if you will, or a rich, uh, you know, a portal of capabilities uh, service catalog was the term I was looking for, then everybody wins. And that's really what we're trying to do. Okay. And Harish, it's, it's interesting that IBM is one of a small number of the big cloud players that is active in all three layers of the cloud, you know, the infrastructure platform and SaaS. Mm -hmm. What advantages does that give you in dealing with your clients? So I, I think what our clients like is a consistent uh, stack on which they can do their own application development. Cause you know, you have to see that IBM's largest customers are the large banks, right? Uh, as an example, there are other large customers in other verticals as well. Uh, each one of these uh, enterprises is an IT company in its own right. I mean, they have tens of thousands of developers. So you certainly need a very rich environment of tools and services so uh, the IT people from these companies can actually write their applications to the lines of business and deploy it in a particular uh, uh, you know, environment like the IBM Cloud. Uh, and, but then at the same time, if you can give them a choice of asking you know, what they would call the third party vendor running on a fourth, fourth party service, which would be us again, uh, so they could have consistency in their stack from SaaS to PaaS to IaaS, uh, that's something that people find alluring as well. In fact, you know, uh, early days yet, but uh, we are working with a potential partner out there in the industry, uh, you know, um, a financial services company, where we wanna build something uh, like a stack that we would uh, bless for financial services industries, right? And if we can get to that, then a lot of the SaaS vendors would choose this cloud uh, out of choice because once you run on us, you know, you could claim to be compliant and secure and so on and so forth, which is the largest amount of work in building a platform for any one enterprise to use. Harish, that's, that's fascinating, right? Because uh, a moment ago, you described how some of the big banks that IBM work with, they're almost like tech companies themselves with thousands of developers. So you put that sort of uh, vertical market expertise, domain expertise together with IBM's capabilities, both in some domain expertise there in the technology capabilities. And then, so you're talking about the, the opportunity for customer and IBM to come together and co-create new products or services that would then be sold within that industry? Is that, is that where yeah, you're headed? That, that is one of the things we're definitely, uh, you know, thinking about. And, you know, it's a longer term journey, of course, uh, but uh, we want to be the leaders in that space. Yeah, on. and Harish, how about uh, all these, you know, expansive cloud capabilities that you've described? What's the link or sort of the on-ramp move into the, you know, the, the explosive world of AI that's coming up? How's IBM positioned there? So I think uh, IBM's really positioned well there as, uh, you know, in the AI space. Uh, every company wants to go there. Again, you know, hearkening back to banks because that's been my, in my recent past. They have a wealth of information from their call centers and you know, other customer interactions. Now, if they could create data lakes of this uh, uh, information and run some AI models on it, uh, train, you know, develop, train, and run AI models on it, um, there's a wealth of information to be gotten and insight to be gotten, right? Uh, part of the issue with uh, doing that is there is a lot of highly confidential PII data in, 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 that, in those data lakes, right? 
uh, and banks are not necessarily comfortable taking it and putting it out in anyone's public cloud. So when you have a hybrid capability like we do, you could actually create and train your models on public cloud uh, because you get the best economics and the best time to innovation, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can take those same models and apply it to something that's still on-prem, so you're not sending your highly confidential PII data out there. Uh, banks view that as a particular strength of ours. Harish, one thing too, I wanted to ask you a couple things about from the, the customer side. It seems that as, as we've discussed here a little bit that the hybrid model is really taking hold as the way that uh, you know, businesses are gonna move into the next five, 10 years or so. What's your sense of the, the mindset of the outlook on large enterprises that IBM deals with about the cloud today? Are they, is their appetite to move to the cloud rising and do they feel fully confident that that's a good direction to head in. Yeah, and I think, you know, like uh, everything else, uh, Bob, uh, the, uh, you know, you go through your enthusiasm cycle and the disillusionment cycle, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, cloud is past that now, it's on the rise. Uh, and, you know, some of the last standouts, the kinds of customers we've been speaking about here in the, uh, in the recent uh, past few minutes, uh, you know, everyone's gotten their head around the fact that cloud is the place to go, right? I think part of the disillusionment, again, was trying to do everything from the get-go and brand new on public cloud, right? Uh, with the uh, uh, hybrid uh, notion and the hybrid capabilities that we're leading with and other banks or other companies are trying to follow with, that really allows you to get as I was saying earlier, a much larger state of your applications, modernized and running on a cloud uh, infrastructure and a, a cloud uh, you know, services uh, layer, which gives them the ROI, gives them the ability to innovate and so on. And I think that's really what's getting them into adopting the cloud a whole lot more and not paying particular attention to whether it's on-prem or off-prem or what have you, right? I mean, a cloud is a cloud. If you do it right, you should get all the usual pay-as-you-go, you know, dynamic uh, resource consumption, all the goodness that goes with the cloud. And I think people are seeing that. Yeah, and so Harish, maybe the last thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, IBM, you know, has its uh, 110, 112-year history of, you know, remarkable R&D capabilities. And uh, some number of months ago, again, when the, you know, for the, calendar 2018, I think IBM again led, uh, you know, had more patents uh, registered in 2018 than any company and a vast number of those were in the areas of cloud and AI. Are you seeing, uh, is the company able to more quickly move those things from the lab into, if not production, at least application on a customer side than before. So do you see that becoming one of the strengths that IBM has of moving things from the lab quickly into use for customers? Uh, for sure. You, you know, in IBM, uh, we rarely patent things that we don't uh, intend on actually building into our product set that serves our customer set, right? So most of our patents do make it into code that is deployed either in cloud or, you know, in, in the case of software and on-prem on, on our customers' premises. Um, we've always been the leader for as long, back long as I can remember. Uh, since 2012, we've had 9,000 patents in 
the cloud AI blockchain security domain itself. I mean, each year we do far more than that, but just in these new domains, over the past six, seven years, we've had uh, 9,000 patents. And as far as I can tell, that's more than number two, three, and four combined, right? So uh, we're dead serious about you know, innovating on, on these new technologies. <clears throat> we've got a lot of it deployed. We've got a lot of adaption. And uh, you know, we just want to take it to the next level and uh, maintain the leadership team. Harish, final question. Anything that uh, we haven't covered here today that you want to be sure to bring up? Uh, well, so uh, I think as uh, people think about uh, hybrid and, you know, they see some of our competitors now starting to bring their stack into the data center as well. Uh, you know, I always believe that imitation is the best form of flattery. Uh, and, and so they clearly see, uh, you know, the value uh, proposition to the client of doing that. Uh, but how they do it, of course, is different, right? I mean, for us, it's all about being open and secure. Uh, but some of the others tend not to be open. So, uh, you know, just having a hybrid cloud that sits on-prem in our public cloud uh, is not the be-all and end-all. You want to certainly ensure that it's things like open and secure as well. And I would just tell them to pay attention to that. So not all hybrid is, is equal. Indeed, not all hybrid is equal. Well, Harish, uh, thank you. This has been great. Given some great insights into what IBM's doing with the cloud, uh, why it's unique, the value it's driving toward customers, and it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you, Bob. Pleasure speaking with you as well, and thank you for your time. Of course, and uh, thank you as well to all of you in the audience for joining us here at Cloud Wars Live. This was part of our series, the Cloud Wars Top 10 Executive Insights with Harish Grana, uh, General Manager of the IBM Cloud Platform. We hope you'll tune in. Share your feedback with me at bobevanspa at gmail.com. Thanks very much for joining us.